Good morning. Hey, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all of that good stuff. I'm just glad that y'all have chosen to come and celebrate Jesus and join with us at this last day of 2023. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am pretty excited 23, 23 is coming to an end. We're hoping next year for no hospital visits for everybody in our family. Uh, maybe you're joining in. I don't know where y'all are. Uh, but it comes on the heels of Christmas. And I don't know about you, uh, but this year we had a fantastic Christmas here at Cassidy. Uh, we had more people come to worship on Christmas Eve than have ever been here uh, before. And over the course of three separate services, we had so many people here. It was great. I had a good time. Uh, I was very excited because I love it when people show up uh, because that way together we're able to celebrate Jesus and our Christmas Eve offering uh, is to raise funds for a house. Uh, as Pastor Suzanne said, um, and we didn't get one house. Guys, we got three houses. We're sending almost $15,000 so that we can provide three houses for families that they can move out of cinder block apartments. And I know, it's yay, it's right. I know, we got people here, like I've been, I've been fighting all day. I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. I told Suzanne, don't talk about it. It's going to be great. Uh, you guys blew us away. It's so amazing to be a part of a church that takes seriously that we received a gift from Jesus and we want to share that. We want to give back. And so you have been a powerful part of that. Christmas Eve, they called me uh, after the second service. They called me and said, hey, uh, are you, uh, you're on speakerphone. We just want you to hear the news. Uh, so I've been holding this in for a week. Um, it's been killing me because it's so exciting just to be a part of a church that's taking that seriously. And so thank you so much, whether you're online or in person. Thanks for being a part of this because we couldn't do it without you. We couldn't make a difference. Now, I, I'm excited because we're going to have updates for you guys. Um, we're going to adopt these families, and we're going to be able to write letters to them and things like that. So look forward to some more information coming uh, on what we have done and been able to do. And we all did this because, quite frankly, Jesus gave us himself at Christmas, and we're able to respond to the greatest gift ever given. Uh, and that's why we've been talking about this from an unexpected Christmas sort of feel. Uh, the whole idea that Christmas in the very beginning was very unexpected. Nobody expected the people that were going to be involved in it. Nobody expected the locations that would be involved in it. Nobody expected the possibilities that God would present to people. Uh, and, and nobody expected that God himself would come into the world as an infant. And so what's left out of the Christmas story unexpected guests. I don't know about you, but many of you probably had some experience with this over the last week. Um, maybe, maybe you're survivors of unexpected guests, that people showed up at your house and they're those family members, you know, the ones that you don't typically want to invite because when you invite them, they invite trouble um, and or interesting conversation at the least. And maybe you were sitting back there going, oh no, they, I can't believe Cousin Vinny showed up. Hopefully nobody has a Cousin Vinny. I'm not trying to call anybody out. Uh, but if, if, if they show up and you're just like, I, I don't even know what to do about it. But Christmas draws us together. And sometimes it draws all of us together, even those that we didn't hope would come 
together. It reminds me of one of my favorite Christmas shows. Don't watch it if you're under the age of 18 because I can't condone it. It's not in good, good conscience. Uh, but it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, and Cousin Eddie, my man, shows up on Christmas to, to Clark Griswold's house. And Cousin Eddie just shows, he's not invited, he just shows up. And my favorite line, uh, not, not over the whole movie, but one of my favorite lines in that is Eddie says, hey, are you surprised to see us, Clark? And Clark says, oh, Eddie, if I woke up tomorrow with my face sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am now. Like, that, that's not a good surprise, Eddie. That's not, not good. Um, and we've all, maybe we've all felt that way. Um, maybe we've all, I don't know, maybe one of us have been that person. I don't know, maybe, maybe more than just one of us. We've been that person where we're not the ones getting invited and we just show up anyway. Uh, and, and I imagine, honestly, I imagine that's a little bit probably how Mary felt the night of Jesus' birth. I mean, she just got done delivering a baby into the world, and who shows up? It's the unexpected, and probably, to be totally honest, unwanted uh, shepherds, right? They, they, their smell precedes them. Uh, they're gross. They're smelly. They just came out of the field. No, you can't touch my baby. Um, you know, it's this, this weird moment of them showing up, and, and I imagine that that's how um, a little bit about how Mary, and I don't, like I said, I don't know how y'all read y'all's Bible, but I have an inner monologue that goes crazy when I'm reading these stories, because I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure that she wasn't the overjoyed mom that we see, you know, just glowing, freshly arrived from whatever lavatory was around, Jesus looking perfect and sleeping so quietly, and then the shepherds show up, and she's like, oh yes, come on in. I can't, like, I can't imagine that. Like, I've been in a hospital room where babies are born, and mom's like, if everybody doesn't just get out, I'm going to murder everyone. And I was like, you just had a baby. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe your experience was different. Um, but that's how I read it. And, but sometimes, sometimes when we have guests come uh, that are unexpected, it's awesome, right? They're the unexpected happy guests. I don't know if you are... are uh, an enjoyer, <laughs> I can't believe I said that out loud, of these videos. But have you seen the homecoming videos? Like people that are in military that come home and, and they're like hiding and then they spring out or they just show up at the restaurant mom and dad are at or their sister shows up or their brother shows up or uh, whatever family member shows up and everybody is six. I, I, I am a sucker I will get lost in a rabbit hole of following different, uh, different stories just to watch the joy on their faces, the sheer joy when moms and dads and sons and daughters come back together. It's just so good. You know, it's just exciting to watch. That's a good surprise. Overwhelming joy, heightened emotions, very fun. Everybody's having a great time. And I wonder, I wonder which of those responses... Mary had when the wise men showed up at, uh, at Jesus, uh, to see Jesus. The wise men just show up out of the blue. And I wonder if Mary's like, oh, okay, more unexpected guests. Or if she was like, oh, this is new. 
Um, you know, I, I just have no idea. And so I wanted us to take a look with fresh eyes and fresh ears to experience this story once again. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he called together the, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Uh, you, you know what was unexpected? Uh, Herod having these wise men show up and say, hey, where's the new king? Her Herod is, uh, is not excited about this. I don't know if you know very much about Herod. Uh, my guess is he's frustrated, maybe a little incensed, and it's not because he wasn't invited. It's because he is a bad guy. He is out for self-protection. Herod is a bad dude. And, and, and history backs us up on this. Um, we would have said he was a bad guy because we hear the story of this. It's called the slaughter of the innocents where he doesn't find Jesus. And so he goes and has everyone in Bethlehem that was two or under executed. Um, but what we do see historically that's been presented is that he killed his wife, uh, his wife, Mariamne. Uh, he had her executed. He killed his, her mom and her grandfather. He killed his eldest son and then the two sons that Mariamne had. He, he's, he's not going to win any Father of the Year awards. He's not a great guy in that way. But what he is is a ruthless protector of his kingdom. He has been given this kingdom. He, he took this kingdom and then Rome said, we're going to have you stay there because you are so effective at leading this crazy area of the world. We're going to have you stay in charge. And so now Herod has these wise men show up and say, hey, where's where the one that's going to be born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and, and we would like to go and worship him. And Herod is not excited about this because he knows that there is supposed to be a Messiah, but Surely that's not going to happen in Herod's lifetime. Herod wants to protect what he has. Herod wants to keep what he has. And so as unexpected as this visit is, Herod's response is very typical of somebody that's trying to protect what they already have. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the child. Now, now get this. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Worship him. Uh, he's not excited about worshiping. He's a bad, bad dude, but not dumb. And, and worship him, if you're not familiar with the rabbit ears, by worship him, he means remove him from existence. He doesn't want anyone that's going to come and challenge his right to reign and rule. And he goes to the wise men, he brings them secretly, and he says, hey, when did all this happen? Uh, and, and he sends them on his, their way, but he does so by kind of trying to gain their trust. 
hey, we want you to tell us where, it is, where, where this took place, and, and we'll go and worship as well because we just really want to be a part of this. And so I don't think the wise men are the dumbest people on the world, in the world because they were called wise men. So maybe they saw through this. But they're also pretty important because if you notice, they met with Herod. It's not like they're Bob and Tom that just walked in off the street that wanted to meet with somebody uh, that were, they're just not important enough to rate that meeting. And so they show up and say, hey, uh, where, where's the one? And they go to Jerusalem, which makes sense. Because that's where the king lives in Israel. The, and that's where Herod's palace is. And so they're showing up unintentionally causing this craziness that's going to happen. This unexpected information that Herod now receives. The gospel continues. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them. And it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, maybe you don't know this about me, but I like astronomy. Astronomy fascinates me. Uh, and, and my new house, uh, we, we have three acres of land, and it's not, uh, not as bright as it is in some locations. So I'm able to see the stars a lot better, but nothing like the way that they notice stars uh, in the time of Jesus. There was no ambient lighting that would cause you not to be able to see. And so scientists and theologians alike have said, hey, I wonder if we can figure out what this star meant. What does it look like? How, how is it? Is it maybe a, a supernova that happened or a brand new star that was, well, what, what is going on that could have been there? And what's interesting to me and to many people who are a lot smarter than I am, what's interesting to them as well is Herod didn't notice the star. So it wasn't such a monumental thing in the sky that they did that, that that Herod would have noticed it was something a little less uh, let us noticeable and truly the reason that, that people believe that this is the case um, is that when they're talking about it nobody seems to mention this astronomical sign and so what that leads us to is maybe it was more astrological in nature. So it's a, a, an astronomic thing that occurred, like a conjunction. I don't know if you... Does anybody know, not know what a, conjun a conjunction is when planets line up and, and they're in a row, and so it makes it a brighter-looking star, a brighter-looking thing. And so the, the astronomical signs line up, and the astrological, so looking at signs for portents and information shows these magi, hey, maybe, just maybe, this is the time of the king of Israel. And what's interesting, uh, if you look at all of the story of the Bible put together, there was a guy named Daniel that was taken off into exile. And, and there are theologians and wise people that are like, well, it makes sense that maybe this was a remnant of that expulsion, the time when uh, the Jews were carted off into Babylon, and this remnant hears and waits for this sign, and so they see it, and so they go to see what's going on. I just throw that out there because I found it interesting, and if it's too nerdy for you, just chuck it out. It's okay. Uh, either way, I'm just like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, so I just want to share that with you because cool things are fun uh, for me. Anyway, whatever and whoever they are, they make their way to Jesus. 
they make their way to see this brand new king of the Jews. It says this, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened the treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine what's going on in Mary's head at this moment? Again, this is how I read my Bible. Uh, oh, they brought gifts. Okay, they're welcome, right? <laughs> like uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, yes, we'll take the gold for sure. Frankincense, that's okay. Myrrh, I don't know why we have it. Uh, but what's interesting also is that uh, when they receive these gifts, it says that they take off and, and go by a different road. It says this, and, and having been warmed in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route, by a different route. I love that line in Scripture. I love it because I think it's telling for what happens when you meet and encounter Jesus. Everyone who encounters Jesus leaves different. You may encounter Jesus and choose to not follow and, and run from that, uh, and that will make you different because now you're on your guard. Or you may encounter Jesus and choose to live differently because of what Jesus has done. And anybody who encounters Jesus, not just notices him, not just hears about him, not just even goes to church and learns about him, but somebody who encounters the resurrected Christ will leave different. God changes us. An encounter with God changes us. Wise men, shepherds, paupers, princes, it's the same across the board. Everyone who encounters God is changed. And so they, they, the expectation that the wise men has is they're bringing their gifts, but they're unexpected guests bearing gifts. And I, I imagine that Mary was like, okay, that's great news. Thank you so much for that. And although it seems like the wise men are unexpected and weren't the ones that everybody was waiting for. Herod didn't know they were coming. Mary didn't know they were coming. God knew they were coming. And what's interesting is God was the one that did the invitation. God sent the invitation out, wrote it in the stars. I don't know how many times I have heard people say, you know what would be cool is if God really existed, if he would just write something in the stars and let us know, I'm here. And I'm like, well, he did once. It was great. People noticed when they were looking for it. The reality is they were invited. And the unexpected guest of Christmas, we talked about this on Christmas Eve, it's Jesus. That's truly the unexpected guest. Herod didn't expect him. Herod didn't even know he was coming. Jerusalem didn't expect him. Nope, they weren't invited. <laughs> they weren't looking for him. They were expecting somebody to come. Sure, God's going to do something sometime, but not, not right now. Not in this moment. Not in this time. You know who was looking for him? The shepherds. Those in the field watching their flocks by night. The wise men who were watching the stars for any sign that it might be time. One of the, one of the most unexpected interactions in all of Scripture that has to do with this Christmas story comes when Jesus is taken on his eighth day to the temple. Jesus is taken 
so that they can give the right offerings, so that they can, uh, so that they can present Jesus and give him the name that God had told them they would give him. Uh, and, and the reason I love it is because of the interaction with people that take place there, the unexpected interaction that took place. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which means for the Messiah to be born. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It continues, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. He sees Jesus and he knows that God has fulfilled his promise, that he would see the Messiah born. And he says, you have promised, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The unexpected gift of a prophecy that has been shared, they go just so that they can have this moment of, of sacrifice and do all the things that the law commands. But God uses this moment to bring another unexpected guest into their midst to say, yes, this is the child that you have brought into the world. But yes, this is the child that we have longed and waited for. And the only thing that made a difference was that they were watching for Jesus. They were watching for the Messiah. There was another lady. She was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day. Her name was Anna, fasting and praying, coming up to them, the Holy Family. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Those who are looking for God, those whose hope is in God, are watching and expecting. They're, they're, they're keeping their hope in God, waiting for God to do something, watching for anything that God might do so that they can be on board and be with it. And, and those that were on their own, that were trying to keep their own status or protect their own station, were blind to what God was doing. And the truth is that that's the same situation that we have for us today. If we're looking for God, we'll see God. If, if we're not looking for God, it's going to seem like there isn't anything out there. So unless, maybe, unless you're watching for God, you won't notice God. I, I don't know if you have experienced this. I, I grew up outside of the church. Uh, I didn't have a relationship with God, and I thought it was all a bunch of malarkey. I just wanted to say malarkey, to be totally honest. I, 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 didn't, I didn't really get it. But after I had an encounter with God, after I had my life changed by Christ, I look back and I see God working in and through my life at so many points. You see, if you're looking for God, you'll start to see where God is moving in and through you. You'll start to see how God is using you. You'll start to see what God is calling you to. And so maybe you're wondering out there, how, how is this something that I can be a part of? What can I do? What steps can I take? First, and this is always the number one step, invite Christ in. If you have not had an encounter with Jesus, 
and you want to take that step across that line of faith and invite Christ in. And the second is similar. Look for Christ. Look for Christ in the world. I used to talk to you when I led a youth group. I used to ask them every time we gathered, hey, what are some of the things that you saw God doing this week? What are some ways that you saw God moving this week? Because if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss what God is doing, and you're not going to be able to be a part of it. And then finally, expect that Christ is going to show up and move. Don't just be like, well, I didn't notice it today. But instead, expect it. Look for where God is and what God is doing, because that is how you'll start to be, go from being on the unexpected side to taking a step into a relationship that you can see where God is moving. You can discern what God is calling you to. You see that God is active and moving in the world around us. We, like the wise men, can, can live differently. We can leave by a different route. We can experience God and we can embrace what God has come to offer each and every one of us. We can be renewed. We can be restored. We can be remade in the image of God. And we do this by listening to God, spending time with God, being in relationship with God, watching and expecting God so that we can embrace Jesus and be the unexpected bearers of his light, the gospel, so that we can share the good news of God with everyone we encounter. So let's be that people, unexpected as it is, that we can be a part of what God is doing, that we can live boldly for what God has called us to, that we can be God's hands and God's feet in this world, sharing his love and grace that even us, even we, can be a part of God's kingdom. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the unexpected nature of your gift and the way that you impact the world through us. We just ask that you would pour your Holy Spirit out upon us. Help us to grow in relationship with you. Help us to see where you're calling us to go and what you're calling us to say and how you're calling us to live so that we might boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, so that we might share love and grace with others, so that we might win one more for you. God, help us now in this moment and in every moment to come. We pray this together in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, Amen.